0: Welcome to another edition of the Montana Values Podcast, I-190. And no, we're not talking about the interstate. We're talking about whether or not to legalize marijuana for recreational use in the state of Montana. So grab your Doritos and your Mountain Dew and settle in as we give you the 411 on the 420. Let's join our host, Tammy Fisher. Tammy, there's an initiative on the ballot coming up and in an effort to keep our fellow Montanans informed about what they're going to be seeing on their ballot. We're bringing it up today so then when they get their ballot and they fill it out and whether they drop it in the mail or take it to the polling places, they'll have all the information that they need to make an informed decision. This is a topic that I am not comfortable talking about because I have no experience. And I'm not ashamed to say that I have zero experience with this topic or in life. Tammy, your experience might be different.
1: Yeah, it's a whole lot different. I actually have quite a bit of experience with this. I always say we're going to talk about weed, folks. And so when we're talking about this initiative, we're not talking about our personal experiences or our personal viewpoints because Mickey and I have totally divergent viewpoints on this issue. But I will say that I have some experience with marijuana. Uh, I always tell my friends jokingly that I tried it once from 1992 to 1996. Really? Those were my <laughs> formative years for sure. And uh, I am embarrassed to say, having now been a prosecutor, that when I was in college, I was so dumb that I used to write checks when I would purchase my marijuana. So how do you like that?
0: Well, it's always good to have a paper trail. Yeah, except
1: when you're going to be a prosecutor eventually, right? Not so much. Yeah. So I have a lot of familiarity from my younger days, my late teens and early 20s with this drug. And certainly I, now as a parent, I have a perhaps a different viewpoint, but I'm not unfamiliar with this territory, for sure.
0: So there's an initiative coming up on our ballot, as I said, to vote on whether or not to legalize marijuana in the state of Montana?
1: Yeah, it's for recreational purposes, because remember, we do have the legalization of
0: marijuana for medicinal purposes. It's in a pretty
1: controlled fashion in Montana. And it's important that we recognize that there's been an evolution of both thought and historically the type of legislation that we've had in Montana. A lot of the bad legislation that we've had on marijuana initially started with initiatives, voter-driven initiatives. We started, I think, in 2004. Well, I remember when I became mayor in 2010, that was right after Marijuana became legal, it, it it kind of was an open floodgates of the legalization of marijuana, and it was kind of uncontrolled at that point. And in the city of Kalispell, we were facing it through zoning measures, whether or not we could appropriately zone marijuana dispensaries within the city of Kalispell. That was also the time when the true conflict between the federal law and the state law was. At play, and there were a bunch of crackdowns. I don't know if many of you remember in Helena and in Missoula. In fact, there was a lawyer in Missoula that ended up in prison for it because they were charged federally for the dispensing of a federally outlawed drug, marijuana, in certain quantities and the cultivation of it. So it was kind of a, just a big legislative mess that it took many years to sort out, to where we ended up with a pretty restrictive medical marijuana use legislation with to access and the basically the cultivation of marijuana. So now the pro recreational use marijuana, the the open the floodgates marijuana team has come up with a voter backed uh, initiative, right? So they were able to obtain 130,000 signatures to get the legalization of marijuana on the ballot. This initiative, though, is fraught with some issues. So we're not here to talk about whether or not you think the legal marijuana should be legal for recreational use. In fact, I think Mickey and I have totally different viewpoints on that. I personally think that we should decriminalize simple possession crimes of any drug, personally, because I don't think that the criminalization of addiction is a good plan. And if you can drink yourself to death, I I don't see the difference between that and the devastation that alcohol has caused and the use of other drugs, where other drugs, you basically get a felony and go to prison. So I wrote about that in an article in The Beacon. If you want to look it up on what my viewpoint is on that, you can look there. But here we're talking about this specific initiative, the language it contains, what the impacts would be of
0: this initiative. So the initiative, uh, there's a direct conflict with every federal grant and federal dollar received.
1: Yeah, you know, and that in particular, if the initiative passes, it can't get over the hurdle that all of your local jurisdictions will face if they accept federal grant dollars. So every time the city of Kalispell or the city of Bozeman takes a grant, they make assurances to the federal government, if it's federal dollars, that they will not violate any federal laws. The problem with state initiatives and state laws legalizing marijuana or anything else that is in conflict with federal law is there is a conflict with federal law. So the possession, manufacture, and distribution of marijuana is still illegal, according to the federal government. The federal government has, over the course of the last probably eight years, decided not to pursue drug charges or the criminal the criminal provisions of the federal law. However, it still remains federally a crime to use, distribute and cultivate marijuana. And so, cities would have a very hard time legalizing or authorizing marijuana shops if this initiative passes within the confines of the city, yet still making representations to the federal government that it takes federal dollars under the auspices that it won't basically authorize blatant violations of federal law. So that is a predicament that every state faces. Colorado, Washington, I think Oregon may have some recreational use um, legislation as well, but it's, it's not a small issue. And in fact, it was a huge issue for us in Kalispell in
0: 2010. The initiative doesn't mirror penalties for alcohol possession crimes.
1: Yeah. So the initiative itself says that if you violate the new recreational use laws, which essentially are you can possess up to an ounce of marijuana, you violate that you go over an ounce of marijuana. If you're found in possession of more than an ounce of marijuana, don't worry because we've criminalized that activity, except for the penalty is 50 bucks. They get a fine of about 50 bucks. And for kids in particular, the penalties for possession of marijuana are far less than they are for possession of alcohol. And so the kid gets to pick if they're under the age of 21 and they're found with pot in their possession, um, they get to pick whether or not they'll pay the 200 or $250 fine or if they'll take an educational class uh, about addiction. So they apparently get to pick what their civil penalty is. There is no jail time of afford- for any of these offenses for possession over an ounce, for possession or distribution over an ounce. There is no jail time. However, for any other drug except for alcohol, there would be jail time under Montana law. And so basically what this legislation does is, well, it says don't worry if you violate the laws with re- regulating recreational marijuana use consumption in sales, there are penalties, but those penalties are only civil in nature. And they're so low. The fines are so low that law enforcement, it makes it so that law enforcement has no initiative to enforce those
0: laws because they don't mean anything. Right?
1: They have no teeth to them. It costs more to enforce those laws than it does to just look the other way. It's not worth it.
0: Next, the penalties are not worth, as we said, the citations or the investigations.
1: Yeah. And so if if the penalty is so low that it's a slap on the wrist, or there's no really negative consequences at all for violating the law with respect to recreational use and distribution of marijuana, then law enforcement. And prosecutors aren't going to be interested in pursuing these types of crimes. Uh, that's clearly an intent behind this initiative. The folks that are supporting this initiative want to want to decriminalize entirely the use of, of marijuana. They want, to, in fact, make the use of marijuana without with fewer consequences than the use of alcohol. So they actually want to make it so that there's almost zero consequences associated with the use, manufacture and distribution of marijuana less restrictions than we have on the use, manufacture, and distribution of alcohol.
0: Next, we're going to switch gears and we're going to talk about the about face of John Boehner on this issue.
1: Yeah, you know, and and John Boehner, I mean, I think he is something that for us Republicans, when he took an about face, you can see kind of he's libertarian leaning in this respect. i I agree with him. I'm libertarian leaning in this respect as well. He's taken an about face and has invested in recreational marijuana pursuits. He certainly has supported legislation to open up Uh, kind of the floodgates to the use of marijuana in all states and has supported the decriminalization of marijuana in the federal government. So you can see that there has been an evolution of thought. I think that this initiative in Montana certainly establishes that evolution of thought or at least incorporates that. But What it doesn't do is address all of the concerns that Montanans have as employers, as consumers, um, and as parents. And that's where this initiative fails, I think, in my opinion.
0: There's a prevailing theory out there that this initiative will do what the legislature won't. True or false?
1: I think that's true. I think the legislature hasn't wanted to touch marijuana laws and legislation well, at all. I think the the only thing that has forced the legislature to act with respect to marijuana is when there has been a voter initiative that has passed and has created mass confusion and problems with the public and the administration of government. And so it is unfortunate that it takes voter initiatives. Basically, the voters got to stand up for themselves Pass legislation that may be imperfect in order for the legislature to come back and actually get to work on the issue. I think the legislature is behind the ball on this issue. I think that the legalization of marijuana is probably going to occur. I think that's where the momentum is. Because do you haven't heard publicly of any devastation that's caused the legalization of marijuana has caused in California, in Colorado, and and Washington. You really haven't heard about that much, right? So even issues have not been sensationalized to say, well, look, these are the the sins of legalizing marijuana. And because of that, you know, our legislature just hasn't kept up with kind of what the, the rolling view of the public is. And I think as kids are coming up, becoming adults, there is a different evolution. There has been an evolution of thought. And um, our legislature just hasn't wanted to address the issue. And so now they're going to be stuck with this voter initiative that I would guess will pass. And it is an imperfectly written for sure and will be problematic for law enforcement. It will be problematic for parents um, and it will be very problematic for employers.
0: So let's talk about impairment because this is definitely a concern I have, just like I'm concerned about the impairment of, of someone on, on opioids or alcohol that is, you know, behind the wheel coming at me from the opposite direction. This is the concern I have every time I get behind the wheel is who is coming at me? Are they lucid? Are they on something? So Talk about impairment.
1: So the difficulty with marijuana is that it stays in your system for a long period of time, 30 days or more, right? And so if you pull somebody over for DUI, driving under the influence, and that can be of any, any substance, not just alcohol. So we usually think DUI applies to alcohol, but it really applies to any impairing substance, and it can be even prescription drugs. When you pull somebody over, you have things like the intoxilizer, like the PBT, the portable breath test that can give you an idea of how drunk somebody is or how high somebody is on alcohol. We don't have that for marijuana. We have imperfect testing. And also, if you're taken to maybe the emergency room for a blood draw by law enforcement, You may show positive for marijuana, but it's very difficult to say you were too high on marijuana at the time of the accident. So there are many DUIs that occur where there is no accident. There is no death. Thank goodness. There is no personal injury to anybody, right? That's just impaired driving. Driving under the influence is impaired driving. Well, it's much more difficult to prove that with marijuana. And we don't have an easy way of doing that, where for alcohol, point 08 is the legal limit of alcohol you can have in your blood when you're operating a motor vehicle. We don't have that for marijuana. We have no standard to, to judge by. And so that makes it very difficult to prosecute DUI cases. And certainly when kids figure that out, that's going to be even more problematic. So it creates more hazards on the road, right? Uh, that's not to say people aren't driving high all the time anyway, but it's very difficult to prove DUI. So if someone switches from alcohol as their drug of choice to marijuana, it's much easier easier to escape the punishments associated with driving under the influence.
0: Syntax. The,
1: you know, the thing about this initiative that they really promote is that there will be a 20% syntax uh, attached to the sale of marijuana. Uh, 20% is high. That's not inconsistent with other syntaxes we have on tobacco and alcohol in Montana. And they want to devote, I think, almost 50% to public lands and prioritizing the preservation of public lands, animals, those kinds of things. So that seems really good. They've also want to set aside, they've directed certain portions of the funds to go specifically to other things like healthcare providers, you know, some educational stuff, addiction, those kinds of things. The big promotion here is that we're going to legalize recreational marijuana. And since it's recreational, everything that we recreate on in Montana is going to benefit from that. I think that's kind of how they're joining those two things together. It's a syntax that is focused on public lands, preservation of public lands. And it's not focused, I think, enough on addiction. Because I think if you're going to have a substance that is legalized uh, and distributed within your state, that your role as public health The preservation of health, welfare, and safety of the public. I think it should go more towards addiction treatment because in Montana, I think everyone can tell you that we do not have enough addiction treatment centers. We have hardly any state funded addiction treatment centers. Most of those state funded addiction treatment centers come after you have a felony on your record and as part of your sentencing versus addiction treatment that you simply can walk in and get help for your addiction. So I think the syntax is skewed too far towards, I like it because it's for public lands, uh, preservation of public lands, but I think it should be geared towards more of the, the the possible sin of addiction that can come with the use of the substance they're trying to legalize.
0: So uh, one of our college towns just down the road, Missoula, yep. uh, Missoula is where you went to school and to law school, Yep, uh, stopped prosecuting simple possession of wheat a long time ago.
1: Yeah, this was, you know, the city of Missoula, you know, it was a college town. When I went to school there, I'm from Great Falls, so everybody called it the land of fruits and nuts, right? And Missoula was well known, uh, I think, for being pretty lax in its um, prosecution of marijuana. When I was in the dorms there, it just really wasn't all that big of a deal. But a long time ago, the prosecutors there, the city prosecutors, decided that they were no longer going to prosecute simple possession crimes for, for marijuana. It was controversial at the time, but it wasn't too terrible terribly controversial in Missoula. That is one way that law enforcement can decide not to enforce laws. There are other cities where uh, the crime of prostitution is still on the books, but it's never enforced. So it's simply like that. I don't particularly like that. I don't like prosecutorial discretion where you just look the other way when you know there's a blatant violation of a law. I think you should change the law. But Missoula has done that, has basically decided to decriminalize weed by just not prosecuting or
0: investigating those crimes.
1: They did that a long time ago.
0: So explain to us uh, about probation cannot be an offense.
1: Yeah, so this initiative, as it's written, says that if you're on probation, which is typically what follows a felony conviction, sometimes misdemeanor convictions, there's a probationary period, you cannot use, the state cannot use the possession of marijuana by a probationer as justification to send them back to jail to send that person back to jail. Whether they have too much weed in their possession, more than one ounce, which is would be authorized, they can't use the violation of this legislation, meaning if they're out selling weed, they're selling weed can't be used as a justification to send someone who is on felony probation back to jail. I have a problem with that. I don't think that's right. I think that any violation of the law for somebody who is on probation, because basically you're saying this person can walk freely in public. They're just monitored. Any violation of the law should be a reason for them to lose the privilege of walking the streets since uh, the reason why they're on probation is they did something bad. Back to the pokey. That's right. So I don't like that part of this initiative either.
0: What about if you're a truck driver or heavy equipment operator and you've got marijuana in your system? What are the options for your employer?
1: Well, that's not addressed in this legislation. And that's what I'm particularly worried about in the construction industry, because almost everybody has their CDL in the construction industry. They're driving heavy equipment, forklifts, loaders, you know, all of that, you know, even skid steers, those kinds of things, the stuff that I actually can operate. If you, all of those professions have random drug tests, right? Because we want to make sure that those people who are operating heavy equipment or who are in dangerous jobs where they can harm other their coworkers aren't using illicit drugs, right? And so they have random drug tests, but there's nothing in this legislation that says, if you have a urinalysis and, it's, and weed is found in your system, what happens? What can the employer do? It doesn't say anything. And remember, Montana is the only state in the union that is not an at-will employer. So after six months of employment, you have to have a justifiable reason to fire somebody. Is The legal use of marijuana, then a justifiable reason to fire somebody. If somebody uses alcohol, if alcohol is in your system, if you pop hot for alcohol in your your urinalysis, you can be taken off the job, you can be fired, those kinds of things. But alcohol only stays in your system for a finite period of time. That's not true with marijuana. And so there's no companion legislation that says, as an employer, if you do a urinalysis, which is not particularly effective at detecting marijuana anyway, but if you do a urinalysis and there's a certain number of nanograms in marijuana in the urine that you can take action, there's no accompanying legislation. And so employers have zero guidance on what to do. That's problematic, It's problematic because you have people who are operating, again, heavy equipment, who can harm others, who are on our roadways, over-the-road truck drivers, things like that, who even if they test positive for a legal substance, there's no parameters on what an employer can do with them, if anything.
0: Comprehensive review of all Montana laws to be consistent. Explain that to us.
1: Well, I think that the biggest issue that I have with this initiative is that it doesn't take... Into account all of our laws, it doesn't create a comprehensive review of how we address basically sin substances that are authorized under Montana law. So we continue to have these one offs that address marijuana, that address alcohol, that address tobacco, that address vaping, those kinds of things, instead of a comprehensive review. I wish that our legislature would do that. And my concern with a voter initiative is it the legislator doesn't really have the opportunity to amend this particular legislation to the point of where it's workable within the rest of our system. This initiative, I don't think is particularly well written. I think they worked really hard on getting it done. I just don't think that the public is well aware of the consequences of this legislation, the consequences to law enforcement, what it really means to the rest of us Montanans. And so I personally think that the legalization of marijuana is destined to happen. I just don't think this is done in the correct fashion. I think it's not right for our kids because it doesn't give enough of a deterrent. And certainly when the consequences for violating this law are so low that law enforcement won't even bother to enforce the laws, this law, it doesn't really do anything to advance the ball and to legitimize what I think could be a legitimate, useful substance. If they want to legitimize it, they've got to do it from all vantage points with a comprehensive review of all of our statutes to make sure that Everybody, the people of Montana are kept safe and acknowledge that it's a mind altering substance. And so how do we make sure if the use is legalized, that our roadways continue to be safe, safe, that our employers continue to be able to act and that law
0: enforcement continues
1: to be safe. Law enforcement continues to be safe and law enforcement has the ability to step in when things get out of hand.
0: So as the voters unfold those ballots and this initiative, what it, what's the number on the initiative? Do you know? I-190. I-190 is yep. the initiative that we're speaking about today. As you unfold your ballot and you take a look at that and you read the Cliff Notes version, Tammy, what's your best advice to voters whether or not they should check this box?
1: I would vote no on this initiative as it's written. I think they can do better. And I think the legislature should work hard on using this initiative language to begin with, but work much harder on a comprehensive legislative strategy uh, that would benefit all Montanans.
0: Tammy and I certainly appreciate your time today and that you've chosen to take us on your journey with you and your daily happenings. And we certainly appreciate that. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Montana Values Podcast. Check us out on our website, montanavaluespodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at MTValues. What's your favorite Montana value? How do you live it? Write to us. Our email address is montanavaluespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.